family. Love all of you in the family too that want to be loved. Hallelujah. Father, we're just so thankful today for what you're going to say and do. Thank you for all that you mean to us and what we mean to you. We thank you, Father, for your grace, your mercy, your tender mercies and loving kindness. Oh, Father, we're so thankful. We're so thankful. We're thankful people before you today. You've never turned us out. You've always helped us, even in the midst of things that weren't pleasant. You took us to the other side. You're going to continue to do that until we get home in heaven. We thank you for it. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your grace towards us, your ability working for us and in us today. May we just have a wonderful time in the Word and by the Holy Ghost as we speak and as we minister today in this facility. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You could be seated, please. Praise God. Uh, I wanted to say something real quick about a couple books we, we brought. This is on spiritual fathers or spiritual failure. I encourage you to get this book. It's really, it's really about the person over you in the Lord. You know, I'm over them because not because I wanted to be, but they asked me to be that. How many know I'm not gathering people? <laughs> I don't... Yeah, a lot of ministers gather people. I'm not sure why, but anyway. You know, we're preachers. you got to have a church, but I'm not a pastor, so I'm not out gathering people to try to support me. I'm just out helping people that want me to help me and to help them. But this is a good book. And in the local house, there's your parents right here, Dr. Keith and Pastor Cynthia. So, it, you know, you might read this book and get mad. I don't care. It's right. It's scriptural. You can look in the pages. I put all my, all my scriptures in all my books. So when I make a comment, you could read it, and you could see it's in the Bible, and then I elaborate on it a little bit. But anyway, it says, what is a spiritual father? Or we could say it this way for you in a local church, who is my pastor? Amen. You know. And then natural families and spiritual families. There's some comparisons. True sons and daughters, which indicate what? There could be false sons and false daughters. You know, you're not, cooked, uh, you're not hooked up just because you show up. You're not hooked up just because you put something in the offering plate. You have to change yourself on the inside and receive somebody that you trust to be your spiritual father and mother. That's what it means to be connected. If you're not connected, you're not. And the next chapter being properly connected, we go into detail on that. What does it mean to be properly connected? And there's some good material in this book. And it was, the Lord told me to write it. He said, you're going to get a lot of flack over it. And I sure have. I can get a flack one about angels. Everybody wanted to be teaching about angels. And I still do. Because you need it. You, you need that teaching. We may get into that later this week. But recovering lost axe heads. That's kind of how to get your edge back. That's really, I'm just putting it in a little more. Recovering lost axe heads. And if you have a spiritual father or your pastor, he'll get that edge back on you if you come and listen to him and do what he says. 
Hallelujah. Preach it better than you're saying amen. I'll tell you that right now. Your own company, you need to be in your own company. And then number seven, you need to honor the gifts. And chapter eight, impartations. I wrote a whole book on that because I couldn't get it in this little book. But that's, that's out there too, impartations. And that, the book on impartations is more about me, my relationship with Dr. Dufresne for 20 years, who was my spiritual father. This is a newer book for us, God's Healing Supply. And we, we put it together and I had some help and I think we've got 31 passages in the front here. I think I counted that right. And I wanted to read one of them to you here that I like really powerfully. Psalm 107, verse 20. It's written out for you in the King Jimmy, you know, at the top. It says, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. But then we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven other translations that gives a little different slant to that. I like the Bible in basic English on this. It says, He sent His word and made them well and kept them safe from the underworld. That's the world of evil spirits. <laughs> yeah, that's a good word keeping you safe from that. And then, then you turn it over and it's got like a little confession here. I'm going to read it to you. It's not going to take you all day. You know, you could do this. And if you're a good, decent reader, you could do it in 10 minutes. But anyway, Father, you sent your word. I exalt your word over every situation in my life. I receive your word as health to my body and restoration to my life. You sent your word and healed me and delivered me. Your word has made me well continually preserves my life. I receive the healing action of your word and I rejoice in you. You just make that confession and that's based on these other translations we put together here for you. And it has one for every day of the month. Amen. And I don't know, you know, you could read this month after month and you could double up. It's not, you know, it's not addictive. <laughs> and if it is, it ain't going to hurt you. You know, I used to be a drug addict. I know what it means to be addicted. And, uh, you know, it killed me. That's what it did to me. I'm going to give this to you to take care of for me. Just wanted to talk to you a little bit about those books. Hope you'll avail yourself to it. It takes a lot of time and money to write books. I really didn't want to do that, but I do a lot of things I didn't want to do because God told me to do it. Thank you for your encouragement. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to Exodus a minute. Exodus 20, 26. Going way back into the Old Testament a minute. I want to talk to you this morning about divine healing and, and uh, minister to you about that. We'll, we'll probably minister to some people at the end. We'll see how the Lord leads me. May get some words of knowledge and may get halfway through this and just take off and minister. I don't know. I just, at Lord's discretion. Uh, you know, I just, these are, these, these are my notes I'm going to preach out of. These are some notes I put together about this subject a few years back. And I said how I learned about divine healing. Somehow I inwardly knew God could and wanted to do that, but then I didn't know how to cooperate back in the day. You know, the Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And really you mainly get your knowledge in a church setting from your pastors. So when I first got saved, I was a full-blown drug addict and drug dealer, and I got saved in a Baptist church. That's all I knew. I grew up in a Baptist church. And so I went back in there, and I praised God for them because they got me saved, but that's about as far as they went. <laughs> you have no idea what I'm telling you. And churches are like that a lot of times. I don't know if they're just ignorant or they just don't care. They don't give a flip what they teach. They just give you a little watered-down sermon. 
But if it's not feeding you and growing you up, something's drastically wrong. And I would encourage you to get out of there before you die there. <laughs> I had some good friends dying in some bad churches. And then I heard people say comments like this, God is in control. Nope, that's not true. If he is, he sure got it in a mess down here. Now listen, I'm just a straight shooter. I don't care if you like what I say or you don't, but I'm just right. and I'd like to help your brain get figured out on that. God is not in control down here. <laughs> He's in control in heaven. He had a man that was in control called Adam, and Adam betrayed him to fellowship with his enemy, the devil. So that put us in a different realm altogether of darkness. Unless you got Jesus, that's what you walk in, darkness. And even if you have Jesus and get saved, don't learn anything, you still stumble around a lot in the darkness. You've got to be taught, you've got to renew your mind. Yeah, not yelling at you. And here's something else I heard people say, you never know what God's going to do. Wasn't that odd that he would write a whole Bible, 66 <laughs> volumes, and then somebody tell us that we're never going to know what God's going to do. What would be the purpose of the Bible then? Just to lug it around to church? Mark in it and act like you know something? No. No, God expects us to know him and know what to do. Ephesians 5 says he's given us his word that we might understand what his will is for our life personally. That's for everybody. I'm just telling you what I had to deal with in my life, if you care. My church that I went to uh, when I did get saved was of no help in this area whatsoever. You know, I was saved. They were thrilled that I wasn't a drug addict anymore, but then they didn't teach me much beyond that. They didn't have healing lines. They didn't know nothing about that. They were too chicken to really say what they were thinking when they prayed for somebody. If they prayed for somebody, rare, they would say, if it's your will. Well, all about, automatically that negates the prayer because you don't have faith God's going to do it. It's not going to heal that person. But they, they just were chicken to say, or die. Yeah, I learned all that. I just figured that out. Even being an ex-drug addict, I, my mind was messed up, but I began to understand God like never before. Yeah. I'm not critiquing everybody. I'm not mad at everybody. But if you're going to say something to me about spiritual things, I'm going to judge what you say according to my word. I'm not judging you, but I'm going to judge what you say. You know, the Bible says, he that's spiritual judgeth all things. That's in your Bible. Yeah, you won't find that in the Old Testament either. Then I went to seminary. Not one message or even an attempt to explain it concerning healing. Didn't bring it up. Didn't bring up deliverance. Didn't bring up angels. Didn't bring up demons. Didn't bring up the gifts of the Spirit. I hope you're listening to me because they didn't teach me much. But I just began to get in my Bible from being in seminary, learning to study and found out there's a whole lot more in here that I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. And so I saw all stuff wrong on the planet. That's the way I began to think in my earlier time with God. I began to think God doesn't care. There was no teaching about the devil either. And so, so there was a problem with that. Then I had a good friend, Don and Janine. There were people in my Bible study back at the Baptist church. But he had Hodgkin's disease then. And he was taking chemotherapy. And I don't know why I said this. I didn't learn it from my church. I said, how many times do you get sick when you take, they put chemo in you? Yeah. I said, how bad? I threw up 55, 53 times last week after they shot me full of that. 
So I don't know where this came from except God. I said, I tell you what, I'm going to lay hands on you in just a minute. Do you have a, do you have a dates when you're going to take it? There's, there's about eight of us, about eight couples in this Bible study that we had in our homes. And we went to the pastor to ask him if we could do it, by the way. We, didn't just, we weren't renegades. <laughs> Rebellious people. And I said, I'm going to lay hands on you. And Mike here, my friend Michael, him and I knew more of the word than the rest of them. So I said, Michael and I are going to lay hands on you. We're going to command that you not to be sick. And that was only like the second time he had chemo. And he had a lot of other chemos after that. He never got sick again. Yeah. Nobody was teaching me to do that but the Holy Ghost. They didn't say stuff like that in church. And when he gave his testimony publicly, Don, Don and Janine, they moved away somewhere close to St. Louis in a few years, and he was giving his testimony about being healed. I was standing next to a deacon in the pew. You know, I'm just telling you the truth here. I, don't take this away from my teaching time. I'm just sharing with you a minute. And he said, he shouldn't say that. What if he dies? I wanted to slug him. You know, it's not good to hit deacons in the service or any other time. But I thought to myself, what is, I wanted to say, what is wrong with your head? What is, this young man got delivered and got healed of this disease he went through chemo, and they pronounced him well or in remission, whatever they said. I'm not down on doctors either. You know, doctor would be your best friend if you get something fatal. Yeah. We're not down on surgeries, our medication, but I'm down on ignorance. <laughs> and see, that's the way people were thinking. If the deacon was thinking that way, the pastor, he learned it from the pastor. Anyway, anyway, praise the Lord. So let me see here what else I want to tell you about. Let's see. Let's see here. There's something on the back here I was going to tell you. Sometimes believers can't always receive healing because they're not in position to because of a lack of faith or disobedience. So, you know, you need to think about that as we're going through this week. I don't know if I'm going to stay on this subject. I have a healing anointing, so I've I could use that whether I teach on angels or devils or whatever I'm teaching on. That doesn't affect that, that part of me, because I have that in my mantle, if you understand what I'm saying. Like if you buy a certain car, you know, it has certain things on it. That's all I'm saying. But sometimes, you know, you have to get in a position to, to get your, you got to get in a position to receive healing. And, and Brother Hagin says some are not in position because of a lack of faith or disobedience. You know, and, I, and the pastor don't go home with you and live with you, so you've got to figure that out. If you're doing something that's in disobedience to God's word or him personally, you've got to straighten that out. How many are listening to me? All right. Just thinking. Now, worry stops the healing power, so you're going to have to get over worry too. <laughs> you can't worry about being sick. That just makes you sicker. See, worry stops the healing power in your body. I don't know if you knew that or not, but it does. You know, I think Philippians 4 and 6 says, uh, uh, well, I can run over there and read it to you. i do that for you because I think that's important enough to, to read it. So, Philippians 4, 6, and really the Amplified's a lot better than King Jimmy on that. Be careful for nothing or don't be anxious about anything. So that's worry. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, it should read, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So that's how you get rid of care. You roll it on the Lord because he cares for us. 
So you got to learn to leave it on him. <laughs> How do you do that? You practice. You practice. Just like everything else I've ever done for God that worked, I had to practice it. God gave you your body to serve him while you're in the earth and serve you. But if you get sick, then you end up serving your body. Mm-hmm. Don't spend your time on the devil. Spend your time on Jesus. Don't spend your time on sickness. Spend it on healing. So we're going to have a little healing school here this morning and maybe tonight. Maybe, I don't know about the rest of the week. I don't, I'll just have to come back tonight and see what I got for you. Uh, Jesus is the only doctor I know who's not practicing. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Now, let's go back to Exodus 15. I'm going to get started on this today a little bit. If these scriptures are important to us, I hope you'll write them down. Or if you guys, I don't know if Pastor Keith or anybody here, they make copies of the messages, podcast, or whatever you call it. You need to, need to listen to things a couple of times to get it clear what I'm saying. But God wants you well. God wants you healed. He wants you whole. He wants you complete. He wants you sound. Thessalonians says your whole spirit, your whole spirit is already born again if you know Jesus and ask him in. That doesn't need correction. It, it's totally right with God. But your soul, your mind, your will and emotions sometimes fight you if you're not renewed in your mind to the scriptures. And you're looking at scripture and then your mind says, well, how could that be? Or you try to reason it out. You're not going to get very far reasoning things out with God. You have to take him by faith. Amen. Okay. And you've got to rightly divide the word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So God wants us whole spirit, soul, and body. And, and that's in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And it says he wants us sound. The real word in the Greek there. Is sound. He wants us to be sound in our spirit, our soul, and our body. Have a sound mind. Have a sound body. Everything working right. You know, I don't know about you. I talk to my body. And I don't curse it. If it's not working right, I command it to get right. And I speak to the thing if I know what it is. I command you to get out of my body in Jesus' name. And the healing power of God I'm releasing into myself in Jesus' name and things like that. And I command every organ, every tissue, every cell, every nerve, every function to be right. And the Holy Ghost to help correct any kind of malfunction or any kind of hormone adjustment I need. You know, your brain does a lot of that, so just speak to that. That's what I do. All right. Just God wants you whole. I want to get that over to you when we're starting. If you're not whole, he wants you whole. And sometimes it takes time. You know, you don't learn anything overnight. I don't know anybody. Even Jesus didn't. He said he didn't. I got chapter and verse. I'll let you find that verse. I'm not going to tell you. No, it's in Luke 2, 240 and 252. You can read those verses up when you get home. You might be shocked. I knew something. Yeah. He grew in grace and in knowledge with God and man and in favor. So he grew in that. He didn't have it all. He had to learn it as a man. He's all God, but he's all man too. All right, I'm in Exodus 15. I'm going to read this verse 26 to you. Moses talking and said, If you will diligently, he's talking about what God said to him, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. Now listen to this, and we'll do that which is right in his sight. Now notice, let me stop and show you something here. He said, If you will diligently hearken to the voice. Now, see, God speaks to us. 
You know, I heard somebody say this as a wonderful thing. I'm going to repeat it right now. Some people died because they went to the doctor. And some people died because they didn't. And what was the problem? They didn't listen for God to tell them what to do. Better listen to me. That's a serious, that's a serious issue in the body of Christ. People say, well, I don't hear God talking to me. Well, are you saved? Do you ever talk to God about anything? I talk to him about everything. But you've got to have an ear to hear him speaking to you down in your heart, not in your head down here. And you have to figure some of that out for yourself. Even the pastor could help you, but he's not able to do everything for you. Nobody is. You've got a relationship with Jesus. You're supposed, to, you're supposed to have a more meaningful relationship with him as you grow in him. All right. Now, like Pastor Keith was saying, he's been with me almost 40 years. If he calls me on the phone, I know his voice. I got, I don't know, 15 or 20 sons, something like that. I'm not bragging. I didn't collect them. They just came and asked me to help them, and I tried to. But I know his voice from all the rest of them because he's unique, and I know the others too, just they're unique. Why do I know them? Because they've, they've talked to me a lot, either over the phone or in person. We've been in fellowship for many years, ate a lot of meals together and talked together and felt, prayed together, talking to you here. And if you'll do that with God, you'll begin to hear his voice clearly. Yeah. And be sure you hear him. So he said, if you will diligently, ongoingly, persistently, I'm adding those words for us, hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, and we'll do that which is right in his sight, and we'll give ear to his commandments or his words, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now, unfortunately, I don't know why they translated this this way. It's not supposed to be this way in the Hebrew. Uh, the Hebrew has different kinds of verbs, per permissive ver verbs and causative verbs, causative tense and permissive tense. So really this would say, I will allow none of these diseases upon thee which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. He didn't really bring it on the Egyptians, like, but they did it themselves. They wouldn't listen to Moses. How many are listening to me? <laughs> you know, when God spoke through Moses to this Pharaoh, uh, my grandson asked me that. I like Prince of Egypt. You know, I think it's a Spielberg movie. It's, it's a lot better than Jurassic World and all that. It's a cartoon. But he was sitting in bed with me and we were watching it. What's about that death angel, Grandpa? I said, well, God doesn't have any death angels. He is so full of life. He don't have death angels. That's part of the group that fell with Satan and tried to have a coup in heaven and got thrown out. And they will kill you. And what he said to Pharaoh, Moses said, come and be in covenant with us. But he wouldn't listen. And it started out small. The judgment got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. So he said, okay, the firstborn's going to die. In every household in this nation, including you. So, I mean, he had, I said he had 10 chances to repent and say, okay, I'll let you go. <laughs> let my people go. Well, he wasn't going to do it. I told that to my grandson. He said, oh, I understand that now. I said, yeah, they, they were punished for the rebellion against God through the prophet Moses. He was trying to help them get in covenant with, he would, God could have took care of them as well as he took care of the Jewish people. You know, God is not prejudiced. 
He's not prejudiced about your color, your language, your build, your intelligence or lack of it, your money or your lack of it. He loves everybody the same. Praise God, I'm already done preaching here. I think that was pretty good. <laughs> but let's look at this, this last part of this. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now, I've got several translations here. I'd like to read a few of them to you. Uh, the NEB says, I, the Lord, am your healer. The Lesser translation, he was a, a Hebrew scholar, Lesser, Isaac Lesser. For I, the Lord, am thy physician. Basic Bible, basic English. I am the Lord. Oh, I am the Lord, your life giver. And then the Young Bible. That's Young, who has his, you know, uh, you know, big translation or not translation, but book you can look things up in the Young's translation. Young's. Well, he has a new te Old Testament too, but he's got that big book. It's got things you can look up. But he says, "I, Jehovah, am healing thee." But the Good Speed translation says this, and I think this is my favorite. And I, the Lord, make you immune to diseases. Amen. He's made us immune to diseases. How about let's say, I want you to say this with me. Thank you, Father, for making me immune to diseases. All diseases. Now, you may be thinking, well, I got this or that wrong in my body. I know I'm trying to get you in faith so we can get that out of your body. And he will make you immune to diseases. And then I, I thought I knew what immune meant, but I always look things up. I'm a pretty good student. And it means this, marked by protection, not susceptible or responsive to, or having a high degree of resistance to. That's what it means to be immune. You have a high resistance to all the other things. I say it this way, just in my daily confession. Father, I thank you every disease German virus that touches my body dies instantly. How long have you been saying that? About 30 years. How long have you been saying it? You've got to say these things. Listen, nothing's going to happen if you don't say something. Nothing's going to happen unless you, you didn't get saved without saying something. Even if you were a deaf mute, you had to say internally, Jesus come into my heart. He came in. He could hear that in the spirit. I'm just trying to prove something here. Power of life and death is in your tongue, in your words. The more you say it, listen, the more you'll have it. The less you say it, the less you'll have it. I tell people that I pray for, I don't know if they get it or not, because some just act like they, I don't know nothing and they got it all figured out. Well, if you, until you're totally out of debt and until you're totally healed of everything, I wouldn't put me down yet. I wouldn't put me down at all, to tell you the truth, because you might get in trouble with God. I'm his, I'm his prophet, one of his prophets. But my point is, the more I say people want to lay hands on you, you've got to start saying when you get to your car, thank you, Father, the anointing's working in me, and it's going to work in me until it drives all this sickness and disease out. Or until it heals my heart, or until it straightens out my spine, or until it takes that pain out of my side. Whatever it was you came for, you need to start saying that to yourself. And the more you say it, the more the anointing will work in you. The less you say it, the less the anointing will work in you. How about this? I pray for you, and you're still limping when you go out the front door. Well, I thought Dr. Jacobs had it, but I guess he don't. Maybe you don't have it. 
You're thinking that, maybe you don't have it. Maybe you don't have any faith to believe that you can get it. Because you know, if you get something, it takes two. Somebody giving something to you and you receiving it. I just told you what Brother Hagin said. Some people are not in a position to receive because of the lack of faith. Not that he hadn't taught you, but maybe you hadn't got it yet. I don't know where you're at. I'm just talking to everybody here. From the greatest to the least, you've got to have faith believing that, that you're going to get something when you get in the prayer line. I can't just carry you all my whole life. I got what I got, and I know what I got, and I know how to release it, but I can't give it to you if you won't take it. You know, somebody's got to take it. When my, my children, I have my daughter's 42, my son's 35, 35, 36. When my daughter turned 13, she's the oldest. I sat her on the couch and said, honey, daddy's carried you so far. And by the way, just for some of you parents that don't know any better, if your child is sick and you can't get a hot dog, you need to take her to the doctor. Don't be an idiot and get your child in trouble because you think you're just all that and you're not able to get it. I never did that. I didn't punish my own children for my lack of faith. Thank you, doctor. You're welcome. But I said to her, I've carried you so far. You're 13. I can carry you for a few more years. But when you get 2021, honey, you're going to have to wear some Bibles out like your father did. If you live right for God and I live right for God, I can agree with you the rest of your life. But I can't carry you the rest of your life. God won't permit me to do it. So just listen to what I'm saying. Told my son the same thing. Yeah, I was a real father. I didn't just birth them. I raised them. I put things in them. Cast the devil out of both of them at least one time. None of your business. If you want to know, none of your business. I'd encourage you to do that with your kids if they need it. They're good kids. They weren't like me. I was a drug addict, you know, when I was young. And everything else that went with that. And nothing's edifying, so there's no reason me to tell you all about it. But when you get to be a drug addict, you're just a drug addict. You're a different person. All right, I'm just trying to help you here. So God says he's going to make us immune to diseases, plural. And even the ones they come out with that we don't know about yet. I mean, when I was a teenager, I think there were three diseases, if I remember right, about sexual things you could catch. Now there's about 40. And some of them, they don't have a cure for it. It's just going to eat your insides out if you get it. Hate to be brutal with you, but I'm just saying, you just have to pay attention. The devil's ruthless. He don't care if you didn't mean to do that. You did it, and if you did it, then you got it. And if you got it, you're going to have to get rid of it. God could heal you, but they don't have medicine to take care of some of that. All right, praise God. I'm just moving ahead here. With Listen, we're talking about divine healing. Healing that comes from God. He said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. He's my healer. Say that, Father. Father you're my healer. I receive you. As my, healer, as my healer, right now, right and for the rest of my life. Of my life. And if I, if I get in trouble, if sickness and disease comes, and disease comes I, believe I believe you can heal me of every disease, of every, every sickness, every, every pain, every, every discomfort, every in the name of Jesus. 
And I'm going to come to you first. Hallelujah. That's what we do. And if I don't get it, I go to the doctor. But you need to understand we can get it. We can get it. Let me show you something that's real interesting here in the book of Job. Go over to the book of Job chapter 32. And we're going to look at a verse here in a minute. I don't know how long I'm going to go today. I just, I've got a lot on my thinking, but I don't have to wear people out either. Every service will be different. That's what I always say, and that's the way it always is. Every time I come to preach, it's different. You know, I may preach on this subject or that subject or something else or something in between, but it's different every service. But I wanted to show you a good verse here that I found. People say, you find the most unique verses in the book of Job. You know why? Because I read it. Somebody asked me one time, anything good come out of Job? I said, how about Job? He came out. Got rid of that battle axe wife. Boy, she wasn't worth anything. You know, he's sick and the devil put it on him. That's what Job says in Job 2. The devil did that to him, not God. But his wife said, curse God and die. What kind of helpmate is that? What kind of covenant lady is that to tell you to curse God and die? You dirty dog, you. I mean, come on now. What kind of woman talks to her husband like that when he's sick? Or man talks to his wife? She needed to be removed. He got another wife, a new set of kids, and they're a whole nine yards. I'm just talking to you here. A lot of things came out of Job better than you think. You think the whole thing's destruction, and there was enough in it in the first part of the book because they didn't know anything. And Job got him in trouble because he didn't have faith that when he ministered for his children that they were going to be all right. I'll tell you parents something. You want to get your kids in trouble that's hard to get them out. You get in unbelief about your kids, and I, God help you. I believe God take care of my kids, even when they got driver's license and I couldn't follow them. I didn't hire FBI to follow them, you know what I mean? But I trusted God to take care of them. The angels would work with me to help them be safe and all that. Not a perfect parent, but a good one. My wife wasn't either, but she was better than me even. All right, I'm going to tell you about Job here. This will help you if you'll listen. Chapter 32, verse 20. I will speak that I may be refreshed. Let me say it to you this way. No speaky, no refreshy. If you don't say it, you're not getting it. See, every day I get I say, I'm refreshed, I'm redeemed, and I'm in revival. Are you really? Yes, I am, really. I'm refreshed, I'm redeemed, I'm in revival. Why would I not say that? The Bible says I'm redeemed. Psalm 107, verse 2 says, Let those redeemed of the Lord what? Say so, not say so, say I'm redeemed. And he later says, same verse, I'm redeemed out of the hand of the enemy. Who's that? The devil. I'm refreshed, I'm redeemed, and I'm in revival. Now notice this, not your husband speaking for you, ladies. Not your wife doing the talking for you, gentlemen. Not your daddy and mommy and grandma and grandpa doing the speak. No, it says, I will speak that I may be refreshed. Hopefully you're getting refreshed if you're listening to me. I'm trying to teach you about healing, divine healing. And God is our healer and he can make us immune to every sickness and every disease. Now you might not get it by next week. I don't know what all you got in you or whatever's come against you, but you could get it. You could be healed. You could be healed in this meeting of anything. I was going to teach you on miracles today, but the Lord said, back up and talk about this. So that's where I'm at right now. About divine healing that comes from God, who is our healer. You know what the problem was? The preachers. 
when I got saved, <laughs> somebody led me in a prayer. Father, I ask you, I ask you, Jesus, come into my life, be my Savior. And they could have added that right then, but they didn't. They weren't smart enough to do it. And be my healer, be my deliverer. Listen to me. Be my financier. Take care of me. I trust you. I have a supply in you. They didn't, they didn't know that. I don't think a lot of them still don't know it. Now, it's good to ask Jesus to come into your heart. He's going to have to if you're going to be his child. Amen. He's the only one that can make you a new creature. Amen. I can't. But at the same time, we have to realize we could have received him as healer had we been taught right from the get-go. And then I went to a church that didn't teach it. You know, if you got sick, you were on this prayer list. They just listed all the people on the prayer list. And then the pastor, he wore himself out going to the hospital to pray for everybody. And I don't even know that he prayed in faith. I'm telling you, I've heard him pray a couple times for people up front. Lord, if it's your will. Well, that indicates you don't know what the will of the Lord is. Please be quiet. Please be quiet. You're going to kill somebody doing that. You think I'm teasing? I'm not teasing at all. We want to lock people up that are child abusers. What do you call that? You're pretty rough. No, I'm just right. I don't, it's okay if you don't like me. I, I like you anyway. But when you don't know what you're doing, you need to keep your mouth shut. But when you do know something, like I just told you, speak and say, I'm refreshed. Okay, I'm going to say it again. You need to speak and say, I am refreshed. Yes. <laughs> I'm refreshed. I'm refreshed, I'm redeemed, and I'm in revival. Well, I don't know if I've ever been in revival. Well, get ready, it's coming if you're saying. <laughs> the less you say it, the less you have. Yeah, but I owe this person this money, and I need a new car, I can't hardly. I'm just talking about right now, you're being refreshed. You're talking yourself out of it by your problems. God takes care of all that if you know him well enough, and it takes time to get knowing him well enough, but I will speak that I may be, here's another translation I like really well. Nothing will bring relief but speech. Nothing will bring relief but speech. So medicine isn't always an answer. It could be sometimes, but it isn't always. Nothing will bring relief but speech. I will speak that I may freely breathe. It's almost in the Hebrew like, Something's on you and it's attacking you and you can't hardly breathe right. So he said, I'm going to speak so that I can breathe again. Yeah. We had a little boy healed of asthma in our ministry. I don't know. It's been a long time now, 10 or 12 years, maybe longer. He's probably 20. I think he was 10. His dad came in another meeting in California and said, do you remember me, sir? I said, no, should I? He said, well, I'm in so-and-so's church. I said, but... Brother, you know, I go to 30 churches a year or something, and I, I apologize, I don't know you. What, what do you. How do you know me? Well, I brought my son to you. Well, what was wrong with him? He had asthma. said we had to call emergency uh, thing once, once or twice a month. He stopped breathing. We'd have to get him to the hospital immediately. They'd give him a breathing treatment, shoot him full of something. He'd start breathing again. But I brought him to you, and you prayed over that asthma because you said you had anointing for breathing conditions. He's never had another episode. We were having to take him twice a month to the emergency room in the ambulance sometimes and, and, and said, I took him back to the lung doctor after a little bit of him never having to go to the doctor, going to the hospital. And the, the doctor said, well, he's got new lungs. How did he get those? 
He's probably 20 or 25 now, that kid, I don't know. It's been a long time. I didn't even know, he got, I don't even remember praying for him, to be honest. But he said, I, I handed my son to you, and you prayed for him, and he got healed him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will speak that I may be refreshed. I think people are not looking for that, especially if you watch news. God help you. It'll beat the tar out of you, you know, with the problems in the world. But we're not of this world. We're in it, but not of it. See, get a hold of that. I'm in this world, but I'm not of the world. I've been born from above like you have. I've been born of God by his word and his spirit that all came to reach us and touch us and change us. If any person's in Christ, he's a what? New creature. He's a new being. He's a new being that didn't exist before then. I'm not a drug dealer now. Well, I am kind of. The substance is faith. <laughs> and I am still addicted, addicted to the ministry of the saints. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. I got that from the Bible. Yeah. All right. Let's go over to Isaiah here for a minute. <laughs> Isaiah 53. <laughs> that's pretty good, isn't it? I like that. Isaiah 53, we're just looking at some basic scriptures here, been in your Bible all along, but maybe you didn't see it. I didn't see all this when I got saved. I went to a church that didn't teach it. So you just go to a church that doesn't teach that, you assume based on what they do teach and how they act about things, that that's going to happen to you. And nobody gave me a deliverance out of that. And they didn't cast out devils. And man, I, I mean, I'm not being funny. It's going to sound funny when I say it. I was a drug addict, not a play with it person. You know, my wife said she was an addict. I said, honey, you ain't never been no addict. Quit telling people that. You're a play with it person. Smoked a few joints and thought she was an addict. I said, you're not an addict. What's the matter with you? Stop telling people you're a drug addict. You're not a drug addict. But see, I needed something cast out of me. I mean, I was hooked on everything but phonics. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you what I was hooked on. A lot of bad stuff, nasty stuff, blackness, darkness, the devil's territory. And I didn't care either at that time. When I got into that at first, I just thought it was great. I was just doing everything I wanted to do, I thought. But then I died, and God put my spirit back in my body, and I got saved about four months later after that occurred. Anyway, I might talk about that some other time. But anyway, you know, I'm just telling you, if my pastor had had that, he could have said, Michael, get up here. I'm going to rebuke the devil off of you. He would have needed a little discernment. He wouldn't have to take too much if he just goes around me at all. When I first started coming to church, I loved God, but I didn't know how to get out of all this stuff. You know what I mean, stuff? Yeah. So... We're in Isaiah 53. Let's read this here. Isaiah 53. Uh, let me find my verse here. Uh, verse 4 and 5. I want to read several translations. Let's start with this one here. Jesus bore our sicknesses and diseases and pain when he bore our sin. Here it says in verse 53, I mean chapter 53, verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs, and the real word there is sickness or disease. And he carried our sorrows. That word in the Hebrew is pains. So when Jesus came, when he went to the cross, he took upon himself 
every sickness and disease known to mankind, not just up till that point in history. Listen to me, because he died for all humanity. And I just told you, just in the area of sexual problems, disease in, in people's bodies, because they got with somebody that had a disease, and they got it. But even all the other things we didn't know about that are new to my generation, I'm 73. I've lived a little bit on this planet. I've seen all kinds of things change. I mean, I'm living in a day when men and boys don't know if they're a boy or a girl. And they act like I'm supposed to believe them. If, they, if, they, if they're a boy, they want to be called Debbie. That's bizarreness. I don't know what you think about it. could care less, but that's wild. <laughs> I tell people the simple answer is take all your clothes off and stand in front of the mirror. Whatever equipment you have, that's what you are. I know you don't like me talk like that, but take it. You need, to get, you need to get delivered if you think you're not the right person you are. Just talking to you here a minute. Jesus, and what I was going to say is he bore everything up till then, but he bore everything that would come until this whole thing is wound up and, and we go, all go to heaven, you know, that are going to go to heaven. So all the diseases that are coming now. I mean, they didn't have AIDS when I was younger. I got a lady and a man both healed of AIDS. I ministered to them. I got the blood report from the hospital that's non-detectable now. And one of them was they were both full-blown uh, HIV patients. Yeah. Just, I'm not bragging. I'm just talking. Surely he borne our pain, our, our, our sicknesses and disease and carried our pains. Yet we did stream him stricken. I'm reading verse 4. Smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions or our sins. He was bruised for our iniquities or our sin that we did. The chastisement of our peace or the chastisement was laid on him that would bring peace upon us. And with his stripes we are healed. We're not going. We are healed. We are healed. That's present tense. We are here. We need to think in terms of that. Now, you may say, yeah, but I got this pain. I went to the doctor. I got arthritis. Well, let's just get that arthritis off of you sometime this week. I don't know if I'll give that for a, a word of knowledge. I'm just talking to you. Every service will be different. There's, listen, the only difference is in leukemia and a broken toe is the, the doubts that you put to those things or what the medical field is attached to it. You can be healed of leukemia. You can be healed of a lot of... Every, everything that comes from the devil, we could be healed of and delivered from if we know God well enough. And right here is telling us Jesus already took it all. Amen. He, and he took it away. That's right. That's right. When you think about disease and sickness, think about it being sent away from you. And if you feel like you have it, you have a diagnosis or something, then I would speak to it in your body. I command you to get out of my body and go away from me in Jesus' name. I'm receiving healing from Jesus. You get out. If it's cancer, you say, I, I command you to die. That's what I pray over people with cancer. Command you cells to die and this lady to live. Command this cancer to die in you, sir. And command your body to live by the power of Almighty God. And just keep at it, whatever I need to do to keep after it. Yeah. And you can do it too. Yeah. All right. Now I'm going to read you a couple other translations and maybe we'll close now. I'm, I don't know what time I'm supposed to start or close. I didn't look back there. I don't think when I started. Sorry. 
You know, they say, what does it mean when the pastor looks at his watch? Nothing. <laughs> I don't know if that's true about me. I'm going to stop in a few minutes. But Here's the lesser translation. He was uh, the main Hebrew Bible. People had that, and lesser was one who translated it. He was kind of official with the Jewish people for a long time. But only our diseases did he bear himself, and our pains he carried. The Bible in basic English says, but it was our pain he took, and our diseases were put on him. The Rotherham translation, yet surely our sicknesses he carried, and our pains he bare the burden of them. Uh, here Lesser says, through his bruises was healing granted to us. The Rotherham says, by his stripes there is healing for us. The Byington translation says, The chastisement to give us soundness came on him, and by his stripes we got healing. The blows that fell to him have brought us healing. Think about that. The blows that came to him have brought us healing. I know I went to see the, uh, what was that called with the, you know, I don't know, what was that, The Passion? With the movie, and I cried through the whole thing, but still yet, the Bible says in, in Isaiah 52 here, let me see if I can, verse 14, as many as astonished at thee, talking about Jesus, his visage or his body was so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. He didn't even look human when they got done with him. I mean, they did a good job in that movie. I'm not criticizing it, but I don't think we realize that God laid on him Every iniquity, every sin, every disobedience, and the results of it. Because he's bearing the curse for us. You go back and read Deuteronomy 28. Uh, first 15 verses are on the blessing, I believe. And then from 16 or 17 all the way through till in the 60-some verse is all about the curses that come. And Jesus bore all the curses. He bore it all. So it deformed him. If you could really see in the spirit. All right, just talking to you a minute. I'm just about ready to close, but I wanted to, I wanted to go over this with you a little bit. Now, let's talk about something else for a minute. I've got a lot more. Maybe we'll come back tonight and finish this. I mean, we're just barely getting started. But I wanted to talk to you. And first of all, some things are instant. Let's go over to Mark chapter 1. And I think it's important to go over this with you because sometimes, you know, we pray for people, and Jesus did too. Let me tell you that. Jesus, and not everybody was healed instantly, but they were healed if they received from him. But sometimes there's a period of time there. It says we, we receive the promises through faith and patience. Sometimes there, it wasn't just instant. I've, I prayed for a lady one time in South America. She had a giant tumor under her armpit. I was in a Bible school setting. She came up during the potty break. We had we'd preach for 50 and then take a 10-minute break. I've got a tumor under my armpit. I said, well, I'll pray for you. And I laid hands on her and said, go to the bathroom, check yourself. She came back and said, my God, it's gone. <laughs> I said, well, it just dissolved. One time there was a lady in my prayer line. She had on a coat, a girl's coat. She said, do you think God's got anything for this? She pulled that back, and it was like half of a grapefruit tumor. Didn't look like a grapefruit, but about that size, right here, stuck on her side like that. She said, you think God's got anything for that? And before I knew what I did, I, I slugged her in that tumor. And the thing just went all the way, it disappeared. She said, where'd it go? I said, don't look for it, lady, don't look for it. Stop that. What's the matter with you? 
Catch up with me here. Yeah, I just hit it and it just deflated and it just disappeared. And I said it got swallowed up with the life of God's what took it away. She's looking on the floor for it. She said, come back here, lady. Let me help you. I may need to pray for your brain too. I don't know. That's the way some people make me feel. Not making fun, but sometimes we just need some instruction. Something falls off of you, it might be on the floor, throw it away, sweep it up, throw it out. But, you know, that thing just dissipated. I've had that happen a few times like that. Just instantaneously, when I hit her, I'm not into hitting ladies. My mother told me never to hit a woman. But that's one of my exceptions. I got another one, too, I may tell later. <laughs> but don't get afraid to get up here. If I do slug you, you're going to get something. <laughs> Right, we're going to get rid of something. Let me just say that. Okay, Mark 1, look at this, verse 40 through 42. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, kneeling down to him, saying unto him, If you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately, the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. So we see in this case it was immediate. The response, uh, Jesus prayed for him, laid his hands on him, spoke to him, said, I will be clean. And as soon as he said that, the leprosy left him. It was instant. But that's not always the way that it operates that way. And it operates that way because sometimes people aren't in a level to receive it all in one, one moment. But you could get started in one moment. You know what the Bible says? What? To believe you receive when you're prayed for. Yeah, but it didn't seem any different. You're not listening. You have to believe you receive when you're prayed for or when you have hands laid on you. See? You have to believe you receive right then. You haven't seen anything yet. You haven't felt any different yet. But you have to believe you receive. That's faith. If you don't believe, that's not faith. That's doubt and unbelief or fear. And you can't receive from God with that. You know, I'm just trying to help you here. You have to believe you receive. So, you know, if when we have a healing line, you don't have to run up here because you got something right now. You might get it on Tuesday night. I don't know. You might get it tonight. Judge yourself and see, am I in faith for this? Or you just come as you are. We'll do our best. You do your best. But sometimes things aren't instantly changed right then. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And there's plenty of examples of Jesus that, that did that too. He prayed for some lepers one time, and the Bible says as they went, they're walking away from him. They've already had, he's already spoken to them about that leprosy. As they were leaving, they began to be cleansed, began to be cleansed. Another time, a man came for his son. My son's at the point of death. Please come. He's going to die if you don't do something. He said, go your way. Your son liveth. And he took off. And the man believed the word that Jesus spoke. His son's in another city. He went to find Jesus and said, you got to pray for my boy. He's going to die. Go your way. Your son lives. And he got close to home, and one of his servants ran to see him. Said, your boy's living. He said, what time did he start to amend? So it was an amending thing. He started at the same time Jesus said to him. He figured it out, the guy, the father. At the same time Jesus said, go your way. Your son liveth. He began to amend. It's hard telling how long. He'd been weak. Sometimes it just takes time. To get some proper nutrition in somebody, to have them rest some, 
I don't know, there's lots of factors here. But you could be healed instantly or you could begin to believe right then and God will make sure he stays with you as long as you stay in faith. Just keep saying, Father, I thank you. Remember what I told you? The anointing's working in me. Going to complete whatever you got in line for. I've had God give people new female parts. I've had God put new lung in some people, several people, a couple people, one man, one woman. I had God put a new heart in a lady, a brand new heart. She went back to her heart doctor and he said, well, I want to do some extensive research on you. And he did. He brought her in the room and put one of those things up where it's light behind it. Uh, Joyce, that was her name, said, that's your heart you had a month ago. This is your heart now. It's not the same heart. What happened? He said, I, my pastor prayed for me. And he said, well, you got a new heart. I got the record of that. I don't have the lighting thing, but I've got the written part of it. Hallelujah. See? You get it instantly or it might come over a period of time. The one for the lepers that went their way was Luke 17, 11 through 19. As they went, they were cleansed. So, you know, there's two ways to receive instantly or periodically. You know, you're receiving when you pray for and stuff. Let's stand up with you with me if you would a minute.